Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. Good. I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm just doing ducky, but I'm a little upset because I've run out of my built bars. I need my built bars. I still got a couple left. I ate one last night. They're delicious. Pretty good. Delicious. I'm, I don't uh, like those, uh, you know, if, like if there's a chocolate bar for sale that's got almonds and a coconut in it, that, that's like the, the last candy bar I'm going to buy in the whole store. But I ate my built bar last night with, with coconut and almonds in it. And it was it was good. I'd, I'd eat it again. So, yeah, there's no they, weren't, they weren't miracles. Yeah, so, so many, so many great flavors, and they have like, you know, so few carbs, like seven carbs or something ridiculous like that. And I mean, look, I'm I'm a guy that's used to eating, you know, forty two carbs in a bite. I mean, I just eat carbs. I just engulf carbs, and this is perfect for me. Um, and it's delicious. They're great. Built Bar, BuiltBar.com. Go check them out. BuiltBar.com. And then also want to thank our friends over at Nico Sports, NIKCOSports.com, NIKCOSports.com. They've got that Tua Tungabailo of football, $99, practically giving it away. Uh, go get it. It's full size, fully embossed, all his accolades and stats and uh, you know, just everything you want to know about Tua Tungabailo. I think it says something on that football about who he took to prom, but I'm not sure about that. Um, I can't probably, don't quote me on that. I just think so. Um, and I'm sure she was a perfect 10, but, um, of course, do a tongue by a little football, Nikosports.com. You know, my main man, Julio just keeps hooking everybody up. Nico sports. They're big on the scene. Now they've been a sponsor for a while. We appreciate them so much. All right, Jimmy, this is going to be a rather quick podcast today. Um, I'm on the road again, but I'm really not on the road going very far today, but I'm just going to pretend like I am. Ten like, ten like. Um, so we are beginning to feel better about football happening this year, right? Yeah, there's momentum. I mean, I I think there's momentum for several things that a month ago didn't look. I mean, you know, students on campus this fall is, is, is definitely the plan for a lot of places. That doesn't mean it will happen. Again, a lot can change. But as of today, it looks like students will be back on campus. That's one thing. Sporting events are starting to happen, and they're not being, you know, people aren't picketing outside. People aren't falling over dead. Uh, I watched a a NASCAR race, of all things, Sunday and enjoyed it to the point that I'm watching the NASCAR race Wednesday night. It was fairly enjoyable. And – you know, there was some, some golf. They're playing soccer in Germany. They're playing baseball in Korea. Uh, baseball and basketball are talking about coming back. NFL headquarters are reopening today uh, to, to limited staff. So I'm just saying all the direction is moving towards football. And there's big news on Friday uh, when the SEC is going to vote on, on when players should be allowed back on campus, June 1st or June 15th. And to me, the most exciting part of it is I don't care if it's the first or fifteenth, whatever they think's best. Personally, I would I would do it fifteenth myself, but I'm expecting it to be June first. Uh, but what, what's exciting to me about that, Luke, is the options are: are we bringing back the players June first or June fifteenth? There was no let's not bring back the players. I mean, it, and again, what I've said from from day one right now still looks true to me. It's it's sad and, and it's 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 probably unethical. But in the end, this was always going to be about money. 
And schools just cannot afford not to play football. They can't afford it. Uh, They have to play football, even with significant risk. Um, Because if not, there's significant risk that they won't have a school next year. Certainly wouldn't have an athletic department. So in the end, that's what was going to control all of this. I I think day one, you say all the right things about the health and safety of the citizenry and of the students and and of the teachers on campus, and then then reality starts to set in. And and reality is uh, we got to pay the bills, just like it did for, for, for walking around people who, you know, the news comes out and they're like, shelter in place? Heck yeah, to keep me and my family alive, we'll do that. And they did that for a week and two weeks and three weeks, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, we're running out of food. We need to work and eat. I mean, with the schools, it's the same thing. It's like, hey, things sound bleak at first, but then it's like, you know, we're going to need some dollar bills around here. And ultimately, I've always felt that would that would force uh, football to happen is the money. Well, here's the one thing about that, Jimmy, and I, and I understand, and I know you're not saying it this way, but I think somebody could take it this way, that uh, a lot of people believe that, oh, well, it's, you know, football is just a game, and and what's more important than human life? Yeah, that's true. True. That's true. True. But, but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. If if money's not important, if money means nothing, then why do we even have any kind of economic system? We could cure hunger in a heartbeat. All we have to do is say everybody everybody gets a cup full of corn four times a day. That's what that's what everybody gets. No, there's no more lavish meals at Ruth Chris. There's no more. There's none of that. We, everybody's getting the same shit every day, and none of us are going to be hungry. Now, most of us, probably all of us, won't be happy because there won't be a quality of life. But you know, hey, everybody's not hungry anymore. You know, we could we could just do away with money and just everybody just walk around butt ass naked and, and free and do the thing. That's fine. But it's it's that's not. That's not rational. I mean, we are we are programmed as human beings to, you know, move forward and try and you know try and do some new things and have activities and to do all that shit. You have to have a system where there's there you have to have an economic system involved. And um, so no, it's not people who want the economy to kick back up aren't heartless. They're not people who say, hey, football's important. They're not saying. Football's important, and your life isn't any more than we're saying. You know what? We could we could stop a lot of car wrecks. You make it. Where, why do we yep. have it? I'm looking at my car right now. I'm riding in my car. My car speedometer goes up to 140 miles an hour. Now I have no idea if it'll get that far. I've never tried it. I have no idea. But it doesn't matter. Why? Why is that an option? It's an option because we all like having some freedom and associate some risk with that. And there's there's no reason that my speedometer should, that I should ever go 140 ever for anything ever. But you know, it's an option, and and we all accept it. And we also accept that if we want to cut down on car crashes, no more speed limits of 75 or you know 85 in uh, in Montana somewhere. All speed limits are 40. Everybody goes 40, and that's the way it is. But you know what will happen then? Road rage will get you. Somebody's <laughs> going to get you. 
something's going to get you. And if it's COVID, it sucks. And I don't want COVID. I don't want coronavirus. I don't want you to have it. I don't want anybody to have it. It sucks. I hate it. But it's also part of life. And we've got to get back on track at some point. Right. You know, I think we all look around now, and I'm not trying to belittle this thing at all. I promise you I'm not. I get it. It's a big deal. But we've dealt with big deals before, and we've got to continue to deal with them. And as Bill Maher said, and I don't agree with Bill Maher most of the time, but you and I watched a YouTube video that somebody sent us by Bill Maher, and he sort of said, it's sort of time to get back on the horse, people. Here's another another thing. My, My daughter had a bike wreck yesterday. Not she just a bicycle and she just wrecked and scraped, got a big time strawberry on her shoulder, got um, you know, got a big bump on her head, wasn't wearing a helmet, because you know, I I'm I'm not a lenient dad. I mean, but I'm like, hey, you know, kids bike ride, okay. You bike I didn't wear a helmet when I was a kid. (laughs) I didn't didn't wear a helmet. (laughs) But she was worried to death. Oh, is this bump? Is it is am I in trouble? Am I gonna have brain damage? I'm like, hey, Mary Sanford, you're 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 not gonna be any dumber than you were when you started. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I said, you got my genes. It could, a bump on the head could only help at this point. But, um, and she, and at first she was like, I just, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to even ride my, I don't want to touch it. And, and by the end of the day, she was getting back on her bike. She was a little, you know, had some trepidation, but she got back on it and she's riding it again. Because that's what you do. You don't just take the bike and sling it in the lake and say, never again. I mean, th- these are things you have to learn to do, and we have to get back out there and let our immune system maybe get a little addicted to this thing. Nope, some people's immune systems aren't going to adjust. Some people can't eat peanuts. It sucks. I, or some people can't be near peanuts. I hate it for them. It's terrible. But, I mean, you can't. we can't just say no more peanuts ever for any reason. And so what I'm saying is I'm not belittling this thing at all. It's a huge monster deal that's killed a lot of people. And it sucks, and I hate it for them, and my sympathies go out. But I think at this point, too, when when I, when I you say it's June versus June 15th, I'm like, let's make it June 1st and start – let's get going with this mother, and let's, okay. let's start attacking it. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what, what you said. I think there's always a balance. Like you said, there's some sort of risk that, that – that, like, like, for instance, I, I'm, I'm the biggest football nerd on the planet. I can't wait for football. I, I, I so want to be in Dallas – playing USC or TC or anybody on Labor Day weekend. But, you know, if you ask me, okay, we're going to play in Dallas this upcoming weekend and fans, we're going to pile 80,000 people into Jerry World, everybody come. That's not a risk even I would accept. And I want to go really bad, but I wouldn't go next week. Now, if you say, well, let's give it some more time, Labor Day and everybody's wearing a mask and we're going to have one of those temperature check things at every, every gate. So everyone's wearing a mask. No one is allowed in that's running a temperature. Well, that's a risk I would accept. Okay, I'll accept that risk. I'm going to go if that's so. What I'm saying is we all have a different risk tolerance. That's probably true. And I think sometimes you do have to literally save people from themselves because some people, even if there's a wildly crazy risk, will do it. And, and, and all, all they're going to be doing is burdening the healthcare system because you shouldn't be taking a risk yeah. of that magnitude because that's going to impede on the rest of us you know, when you do that. So I think there's insane risks, but there's also measured risk. And uh, yeah, I hope by September, if, if they say, hey, it's open to fans, but you have to wear a mask and there's going to be a temperature check and, and, and there's hand sanitizer stations everyone's got to use. Uh, hey, yeah, I'll do it. I'll go. 
Well, I'm going to take it a step further and say, I don't care if they make you wear a mask and I don't care if they have the temperature taking station. The one thing I thought about the temperature taking station is, what if you're 99.9? I mean, but you're, and you're like, uh, yeah. and, and you, you, right. you've been dealing with the sniffles, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a cutoff. There's probably a cutoff. You probably will be allowed in at 99. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. What if you were running from your car? And I, I don't know how the, maybe I don't know how the body temperature works. What if you're running from your car because you're late to kickoff and you're hauling ass and you're overweight and you, you haul, literally hauled ass to the gate. And when you get there, you're sweating bullets and you register something higher. I, maybe the human body doesn't work that way. I don't know. I, I went to the doctor. Saying, I, w- I went to the doctor last week, completely unrelated to COVID. I went to the doctor's office last week and uh, you have to go through this, this little screening process just to, just to get into the doctor's office. You have to be wearing a mask. You have to hand you some hand sanitizer and then, and then they do a temperature check. And, you know, so, and it's just one of those little machines, you know, they just point it at your forehead and it automatically, quickly tells you what it is and and uh you know walk in there like have you have you been around anyone uh, that's tested positive for covid and i'm like no uh and then they do the temperature check and she goes you're good to go it's 96.8 and i said did you say 96.8 and she's like yeah, yeah. Said, good thing i'm at the doctor i mean is that bad is, yeah. isn't that bad isn't it supposed to you're be you're legally dead <laughs> It's a good thing I'm at the doctor. And uh, yeah, the doctor walks in the room. It's the first thing I said. He's like, well, how are things going? I'm like, apparently terrible. My temperature is only 96 degrees. And he's like, well, you know what? Yeah, I mean, like, it's like you're you're freezing. Get the hell out of here. (laughs) He's like, here's a coat. Here, wear wear my white lab coat. You must be shivering. All he said was, well, you don't have COVID. Well, here's the thing. Like, Like, well, that's good. But you're right. I mean, like, I'm not piling in anywhere right now, number one, because I can't. But number two, it's not right now. It's later. Exactly. And, I, and again, and so we, this, I mean, there's still people out there. And look, here's the other thing. I'm, I'm not, this isn't an either or thing for me. It is in the sense that I think we should open back up for football. But it's like, if you're, if people who used to wear it, my, um, my stepmother was going to Europe or something like that. This was like a year and a half ago. And she put on one of those masks and I was joking about it. I was like, what are you, you scared of getting SARS? I mean, you're going to France, you, you know, from, from Atlanta. I mean, come on. Well, now, I, I, so back then I made fun of somebody wearing a mask. I'm not going to make fun of you for wearing the mask now. I don't care if you do one of those masks with a, with a funky smile on it or a crescent moon or whatever the hell you put on your mask. I'm not going to make fun of you. I get it. You're scared. Okay. I'm not going to make fun of somebody who, um, you know, I saw something on Twitter the other day because all these people, there are a lot of people, I don't want to come off as the guy who's like, Hey, I have the right not to wear a mask. No, not really. If, if the business says no shirt, no shoes, no mask and no service. If you take out the no mask, you're like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, I need to have shoes on. But <laughs> if they say you need to have a mask on, then damn it, right. wear a mask. And the business has a right to set their own rules, and as long as they're lawful. To, and if that's right, and if you if if you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine. Don't go in. But I also am fine if the business says, you know what, we're taking everybody. Bring your ass on in here. Do whatever you want to do. Rub up on whatever. Take a chance. This is this is our policy. Everybody's doing their own thing. That's fine too. 
I'm cool with any of it. What I'm not cool with is everybody scared to death and the fear mongering that has been put upon us by a lot of the media. That is, I feel like I've come to the conclusion there's been a lot of fear mongering because that that keeps people at home in front of their TV sets on the internet looking for looking for stuff. Therefore, seeing ads. Uh, I'm a little convinced of that. Little bit of a conspiracy theory there, but I think that the answer is right in front of us. We gotta get started again because everything is screwed up. Now, having said all that, Jimmy, do you have any recruiting news? <laughs> well. Uh... The next commitment that's set in terms of, of a kid that we're recruiting really hard that we have a great shot at, to my knowledge, is Christian Leary on June 6th, a receiver from uh, Edgewater Academy in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Edgewater High School, I meant. Edgewater Academy, that's Alabama. Edgewater High School in Orlando, 5'9", uh, 175 pounds, a little small, but like a lot of big-time small receivers, this dude runs. He runs like a rabbit. He runs like... Henry Ruggs, if Henry Ruggs was a rabbit, he would run like Christian Leary. This kid flies. He has 10-5 track time, so we know the speed is totally legit because 10-5 is flying at the high school level. But I swear you watch his tape and you're like, are you sure it's only 10-5? Because <laughs> this guy outruns. He outruns Division One prospect defensive backs who have angles on him, and he still outruns them. Doesn't that sound like Henry Ruggs? And that's uh, Leary, so I'd be really excited. We, we have a good chance at him. Uh, obviously, the question with every track guy, and, and Rugg spoiled us this way, but the question with every track guy is, yeah, he can run, but, but, but does he actually have football playing skills? Uh, I think it's fair to question Leary in that way because, you know, when I watch his highlight tape, it's mostly just highlights of him running away from people. There aren't catches in traffic. There aren't smooth routes there's not a lot of toughness there's not breaking through tackles there's not a lot of circus catches and that's because in the game he plays uh it's not required of him he's wide open every time nobody can run with him so when he plays in the sec people will run with him and uh and at that point you have to show some level of football skill so i think it's fair to question that for those reasons uh i wouldn't be on board with him being a five star just too short too small, not enough skill present on the highlight tape. But speed alone, he's a four-star. I think he shows enough skill to justify high four-star. To me, he's a national top 100 player, uh, you know, in that 80 to 90 range, um, which makes you a fantastic prospect. And uh, he'd be a heck of an addition to what Alabama's already got because Alabama's got a Jai Hall and Ja'Cory Brooks who are large, big-framed possession guys uh, because they're such large with big frames. They'll be great in the red zone. What what they need to really complement them is the speed guy. And uh, with Leary, uh, boy, do you get that. Well, and I also saw, uh, I saw a crystal ball for him. I saw a crystal ball for uh, Blackshire out of Texas, the nice. defensive end, I think, and then the um, the other defensive tackle out of Texas whose name escapes Shamar Jackson. Is there you understand? go. Yeah. Yep. A good prospect. My only thing about Shamar, you know, and it has nothing to do with him. I question the numbers on how many defensive linemen we can take in this group. That, that's my thing with him. I'm like, yeah, he's good, but how many are we going to We just took a few. We have 12, which is a good number. We're not losing too many of them. We already have Anquan Barnes. We're going to want Tim Keenan from Birmingham. So that's two. Um, 
A five-star like Damon Payne from Michigan loves Alabama. We have a great shot at him. That's three. So how many are we going to take? I mean, that, that would be my thing with him. Blackshire is a must-take to me because he, he's such a really good prospect. The thing that kind of cracks me up about Blackshire is just this. Now, I love him. I want to take him right now. But a lot of our fans, to me, are overly critical of Shane Lee. And, and it's a lot of our fans. And I think our fans, you can almost put them into two groups, ones that are overly critical of him and ones that are reasonably critical of him. Well, Blackshire Shane Lee, that's what, that's, that's what he is. That's who he is. He, he's an inside-the-tackle-box, muscled-up, run-game-ender with big question marks about his ability to play in space. So that's, that's Shane Lee. They're also ranked basically about the same coming out of high school in terms of where they are nationally in the rankings and national reputation. So it's just kind of funny to me that some of our fans, the same ones who, who want to ship Shane Lee back to Maryland are, are, are having a dying duck fit to sign Blackshire. I'm like, it's the same guy, you know, but, but that being said, I like Shane Lee. I like Blackshire. I just think like most players who aren't superstars, they're role players. And had Shane Lee played last year, on some downs, which were primarily run downs, and got to have a normal freshman season where he learned the ropes and worked on getting his body in SEC shape, we'd be excited about him. But instead, because we had nobody else, we had to throw him into the deep end of the pool. He plays all four downs, gets exposed because A, he wasn't ready, and B, he's a freshman. And now we're all like, oh, he sucks. No, he was just always going to be a guy that fit neatly into a role. But we, we couldn't afford that because of, of the injuries. So I like Shane. I think Shane Lee's going to be a very positive asset to Alabama football over the next three years, and I think Blackshire will be too. They just probably won't be four-down superstars. But that's okay. Not everybody, not, not everybody has those. I'm going to pretend, for fear of my canceling my locked-on contract with you, that you didn't say, how many defensive linemen do we need? We need all the defensive linemen. I want a team full of defensive linemen. I want 85? all of them. And I want You're Bryce the full Young 85? and then all defense. And then no, Bryce Young and then all defensive linemen. 84. 84 defensive linemen and Bryce Young. I would like and to that's see. That's what it. I want. I'd like to see it. I don't even want. To, I don't even want a kicker at this point. I'm giving up on that. So I just want. 84 defensive linemen, because you can never have enough defensive linemen. I've learned my lesson on that forever and ever and ever, and that's amen. If you, Quarterback's most important, defensive lineman second. Everything else is gravy. That's my deal. That's my thing. Um, Jimmy, we're going to have to cut this one a little short today, but uh, we appreciate everybody listening. I want to tell everybody again to go to BuiltBar.com, hashtag BuiltBar, BuiltBar.com. Go check them out. They got, like, what, coconut chocolate or whatever you said and Double moose. Car, double moose. The double moose. That's what I had yesterday. And it literally, it, you bit into it, and it was like, like no shit, like literal chocolate moose. I mean, a lot of times they're like, oh, this, this, you know, healthy. It was bar double chocolate moose. It was chocolate, more than one moose in there. Moose. They had more no, than one moose like, in there. This, I was like, this just tastes like moose, not moose like the French dessert. Freaking animal. That's what a lot of them taste like. This That's where the protein like comes from. There's your protein. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody loves good moose jerky. I um, <laughs> also want to thank Nyko Sports. 
NIKCOSports.com, $99 to a Tungle Vilo football. Would you just go buy the damn thing already? You've been thinking about it. Every time you hear this podcast, I need to do that. Go do it. Get on NICOSports.com. Pull over. If you're listening to this podcast in your car, pull over. Get on NICOSports.com. $99 football. Put the promo code locked on in there. I promise you, my boy Julio will always take care of you. He's got all this information on Tua Tagovailoa, our main man uh, at Miami. I found out, uh, by the way, Miami's – I don't know if you've seen the preseason schedule. They open up at Atlanta. uh, I did see that. Oh, that's so cool. And then their second game, my son, for whatever reason, I have no idea why. He has no tie, no nothing. But a few years ago, um, my, and my son has Asperger's, for those who don't know, my oldest son, and it's not a big, you know, that's not, I'm not trying to get all this sympathy. It's not a huge deal. It is a deal. It's not a huge deal. But um, he, so he's very, he can be a little social. He can be a little, uh, you know, just, you know, a little bit of a loner because of that. And um, so it's hard for him to um, connect to things sometimes. For whatever reason, he has latched upon the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, he is not like, you know, Captain Eagle or anything, but he likes the Philly Eagles a lot. And so he, um, when they won the Super Bowl, I mean, he was overjoyed. And now Miami plays at home. Their first home game in the preseason is against Philadelphia. And so I thought that was really cool. I'm, I'm going to see if, you know, assuming this Corona shits by the wayside, I'm going to see if I can take him down to that. So that'd be kind of cool. Cause you know, Tua will play a lot then. Um, but anyway, that's that. Are you still with me? Lost Jimmy, everybody. Jimmy's gone. Forget Jimmy. Um, so, all right, that'll do it for Locked on Bama. And uh, roll tight, everybody.